Welcome to the top three podcasts for entrepreneurs, your place to get the very best tips, tricks, and tactics from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the top three podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO, and I'm so excited today to have Denise Brousseau with us. Denise is the CEO of Thought Leadership Lab, a boutique professional services firm which special, specializes in building leaders into thought leaders, increasing their discoverability, amplifying their social influence, and catalyzing strategic connections that lead to a seat at the table for conversations that matter. And Thought Leadership Lab provides thought leadership consulting to executives and teams, leadership development programs for women leaders, executive coaching, and large meeting facilitation. And today we're going to talk about the top three tips for becoming a thought leader. Denise, thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Oh, so happy to talk with you, Stephanie. Great. So um, before we get started, I want you to kind of fill in a little bit about your background, um, how you got started in this, your previous career, and you know, just a little bit more about you so we can get a feel of your experience. Sure, happy to. I will say that the uh, eclectic is probably the only way to define my resume. <laughs> so started out my career in the technology industry and spent a number of years shipping software out the door in marketing, product development, business development, and uh, Got an MBA at Stanford, somewhere in the middle of that. And when I was at Stanford, I met this wonderful woman who was very knowledgeable about the world of entrepreneurship. And she approached me one day and she said, did you know that less than 1% of the venture capital money in the United States is going to women entrepreneurs? And sort of, I don't know, it was one of those wake up call moments. And it led to a real unfolding of a career for me. Um, over the next four years, we ran an organization. We started and, and ran an organization called the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs uh, on the side while we were both working full-time in, in our different careers. She was a venture capitalist. And uh, after about four years, I quit my last technology job at Motorola and I I ran the organization full-time through the whole dot-com craze and had a really fun time helping women leaders uh, become entrepreneurs and helping women entrepreneurs scale their businesses. And simultaneously started a venture conference, the first uh, venture conference for women entrepreneurs called Springboard. And we grew the organization across the country and we grew the venture conference significantly. And so that was sort of the beginning of my really, the really fun part of my career, which was around helping women entrepreneurs. So, uh, you know, that over time led to this story, which is, you know, since 2008, working with women, primarily women, on becoming thought leaders. I guess what I realized is that this is the last mile of leadership to become a thought leader. And so this was, over time, became the focus of my work with individual women leaders. And uh, pretty soon realized I had a business here. And and that's been a real joy for me is to help people to get their voice heard and, and get that seat at the table. Yeah. And I, I love your book and I love your message and I'm stoked about Thought Leadership Labs. And we know each other through Springboard. That's how we've met you and the California Women's Conference and everything that you've done for uh, women entrepreneurs. So uh, I think eclectic is a good word. <laughs> <laughs> for your background, for sure. So now that we heard a little bit uh, about your background, tell us a, su a surprising secret about you to help us get to know you just a little bit better. 
Well, I, I was having so much fun with this question and sort of thinking like, what is the surprising secret that I've never told anyone? And <laughs> so I guess what it came down to was that I had a favorite movie as a child and it was it was around the world in 80 days. And, and I have this real desire someday to recreate that journey. Like, could you do that and still have fun, of course, not make it all about racing. But I suppose now it's probably around the world in 20 days in order to keep it keep it honest. But I think that would be super fun. Um, I think that's my that's my main secret. I've never shared with anybody that I'd love to do that. <laughs> well, if you ever do that, tell me, I'll go with you. <laughs> I think I a whole journey maybe we need women entrepreneurs around the world that would be really fun that would be really fun visit all the groups of women in all different countries and then I suppose the not so secret secret is that I just love chocolate in all its forms that that makes sense that just makes complete and utter sense it's amazing I used to run this event um, every year when I was running the forum for women entrepreneurs and I used to tell the organizer like there's only three important things number one you have to have great signage number two you have to have great name tags and number three you have to have great chocolate (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect women events that's the three keys to success perfect so tell us we always like to ask our guests for a success quote something that they really live by something that drives their business and and their day to day. So what, what success quote really drives you day to day? Early in my career, I had a wonderful mentor. Uh, Her name was Eunice Azani. And she said something to me that's always stuck with me. And it was, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. Tell I don't. Us what she meant by that. I, you know, I always took it to mean that you have to be a risk taker. That you don't want to do something that's already been done. That you don't want to recreate the wheel. That it's really important to step out and be brave and try new things. And if there's one thing about my career, you could say it was certainly that. I just really love to start things and I love to create from scratch. And you know, I haven't mentioned all the other organizations and groups that I've started. I just really believe that that. Risk-taking is the key to success. I totally agree. I completely agree. And for in terms of risk-taking, you know, they always say that, that women are more risk-averse than men. So we tend to take a little more time starting up. Do you see that as well? I have seen it in one area particularly, and I would say that is in growing really, really big businesses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having really explored this with the concept of, helping women raise venture capital, recognizing that the guys tend to pitch these really, really big ideas and women tend to pitch an idea that's maybe four or five steps down the road because they can see clearly how to get those four steps to get to that final destination, whereas the guys have no idea how they're going to get to that final step, but they enroll us more. They get us more engaged in that big idea. And, you know, many women, we complain that, oh, those guys have no idea what they're talking about. And the fact is they probably don't, but it's still more inspiring and energizing and gets me more on board because I I look at it as I'm going to want to spend my time on a big idea. So what I'm always trying to enroll women in is what's the big idea behind what you're doing, even if you have no idea how to get there. Right, right. And, and that might be true, but, um, you know, especially for guys, they might not know how to get there, but they've got the faith. They do. And the, and the chutzpah, right? It's, it yeah. takes a lot of chutzpah to get out there and to just really throw yourself at a big, big idea and realize you're going to need, you know, $100 million to accomplish it. I think uh, we haven't been given that permission. We don't have as many role models. We don't have that that 
fearless doubt. I think I've always been teasing that maybe we need some testosterone shots or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do the same thing with the women that I work with and, and talk to on a daily basis. Just, you know, we've got to get over that hump and start believing and have the faith in our, our big idea uh, to get out there. So I, I love that you're, you're uh, leading the charge on that because I think that's really important. I think we need a lot of us out there. It's sort of tapping women on the shoulder and saying, yes, you can. Exactly. Indeed. So today we're talking about the top three tips for becoming a thought leader. And you just recently came out with your book on the topic. So I'm really excited to talk to you about these. Um, And your first tip is find your niche. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I have recognized that over time, the most important critical component of becoming a well-known thought leader is to have one niche or niche as yours. That it has to be something that is something that people identify with you. And I look back at my own career when I was running the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs and I became known as the person or one of three people in the country to go through to who knew something about high growth women's entrepreneurship and particularly in the areas of technology, life science, venture capital. So my niche was sort of that intersection of all of those different pieces. And, and you know, if you look at your own, you know, creating your own niche, you want to find something where you have the experience, the expertise, the credibility, some credentials, and most important, some passion. And I could have talked all day long about women's entrepreneurship. And so I think the same now for thought leadership, we have to find that one thing that we are completely passionate about, and hope that you also can identify some expertise, credentials, um, experiences that you've had that back that up. Because that's when I think that's when you win. That's when people people send you the people that you need to meet. You start finding your tribe. You start really being able to hone in on what you need to know and what others need to know about that topic. It's it's just the magic secret sauce to getting started. And how do you go about really finding your niche? I find that the most critical is to start on the Uh, passion side, but I walk people through a very simple exercise in the book that is to to take each of those, I look at it as a Venn diagram, and you're thinking of this sort of experience as one circle, your credentials as a second circle, and and your passion as a third circle, and actually map those out, looking for the intersections that I call the thought leadership intersection point, and really figuring out where do you have the expertise and the credentials, and then where of in in that overlapping area, where are you really passionate? Some people can identify that right off the bat. Others have seven areas that they're really excited about, but maybe only a few that they have the expertise or the credentials to back it up. And the and some have you know two areas. But what I advise is that they really pick one. Pick one and start there because if you dilute yourself too early, it's hard to build a platform. And that's really what thought leadership is about, is to have a platform where you're visible, you're identifiable, et cetera. Right. And I would even extend the thought into saying once you figure out your niche, then you, I assume you need to find their problem. That is a great point. And it's just like starting a business. If you don't have a problem that you're solving, you might as well shut the business down today. It is absolutely critical that there is a problem out there that somebody needs. Uh, You know, somebody needs you to 
clarify, or as one of my the guys I interviewed in my book, he called it uncomplexify. That <laughs> well, you need somebody to uncomplexify or demystify information, uh, and someone that if people need someone to show them the path forward in whatever that area is, share best practices. That's when you have a niche that people are actually going to also be looking for solutions. I mean, you don't want to just have a niche that nobody cares about. Right, exactly. Exactly. So your second tip, and I love this one, and I don't even know what you're talking about yet, but I know I'm going to love it, is nurture your inner lion. Uh, you know, I have this wonderful picture that I use when I when I show this at a slide. I have this little kitty cat sitting in front of this mirror, and in the mirror they see this giant lion. And I think that that's what I'm trying to point out. You know, when in the mornings you get up and you think, I'm too timid to get out of bed, much less when I look in the mirror, do I see a lion? You know, we want to find more and more ways and more and more days that we really see that lion in the mirror, that we see that inner strength, that purpose, that commitment to a big idea, that commitment to helping others and serving. I think that's what I talk about with the nurturing the inner lion. So what's your advice when somebody feels like the kitty cat. Not even a kitty cat today. Yeah, we have those days, don't we? I mean, there's no question that we all have them. So, what's my advice? I think that the there's so many tips that people gave me that I ended up putting a whole other chapter in the book about it because. You know, I, when I went in with the with the outline to the uh, to the publisher, I didn't have this chapter in the book. But as I kept interviewing people for the book, and really looking back at my own career, looking at my clients, I realized I was overlooking the importance of this because without it, none of the rest of it matters. You know, if you can't get past the fear, and you know, the fear can be so many different things. It can be cultural. It can be religious. It can be your family, it can be your, you know, how old you are, how young you are, how big you are, how small you are. I mean, there's just a hundred reasons why we don't step up and let our voice be heard. And so I was, I was really became fascinated by this question. You know, what is it that it takes to nurture? So, you know, I have a ton of tips, but the one I will just stick with today is just this idea of, of finding either or both of these, an accountability partner, someone who can, and holds you to your commitment to have your voice be heard and hopefully a, a, a team of people, a personal board of directors, a, a mastermind, whatever you want to call it, a group of people who are are committed to helping you relieve the obstacles out of your way or helping you to learn what you need to know or editing your work or uh, just being a cheerleader on the side. And I think those two are the key factors that a lot of people used and I'll share just one more. I, you know, I was interviewing Chip Conley, who I adore, you know, multi-time author, successful CEO, and and I asked him what his secret was, and he said, you know, Denise, I get up in the middle of the night to start writing. He said because what I've found is that my my brain is working and my critic is not. Wow. <laughs> like, so, you know, I think it's we all have to find our own secret sauce for what it is that gets us past those demons, or as I call them, the itty bitty shitty committee. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so loud some days. And and I and I try to share with people that it's like a. I I heard this on some video of a woman an entrepreneur that I loved, and she talked about how your confidence is like the waves on the beach. Some days they go out to sea, you don't think that that tide is ever coming back in, and then eventually it does. And and I think just being also patient with ourselves and recognizing that there will be days, there will be times. There will be moments, uh, hopefully not very long every day, that we doubt ourselves and we question. And and looking to others, finding inspiring videos, calling a friend are all some strategies you can use. Right. And almost every interview that I do, it's – I talk about when I started Chic CEO how I would have these moments where I felt like I was creating the dumbest thing anybody's ever created and this was the most ridiculous idea I've ever had and I had three friends at the time uh, Jody my partner being one of them that I would call and say this is the stupidest thing I've ever done what do I think I'm doing and they would remind me of the value that I was bringing to the world and that this wasn't selfish for me to want to do this that this was me bringing something to the world that wasn't there. It was solving a problem. And it was my responsibility to recognize when I was in these low moments and to reach out to somebody who could remind me of my value. So when I when I get asked the same question, and I talk about this all the time, is that you need to find the, a few people that you trust that know your value. And then when you are in these low moments, reach out and have them remind you because you will have those moments where you feel like the kitty cat. And sometimes it's it's nice to have somebody to remind you that you are a lion. Yeah, so. I really I really had those moments with the book and just even getting paralyzed with, uh, can I do this? And is my book going to be good enough? And does anybody want to hear it? And, you know, all those questions. And, and I fortunately have this wonderful mastermind of two women who are both authors and they, they came into town and they were so excited about my book deal and, you know, they were just wanting to celebrate and they weren't getting a lot of affect from my side of the table. And finally they said, okay, what is going on? And I, I had to confess that I was terrified that this was a really big thing to put yourself out like this. And I, and I really wanted to recognize that I could do it, but I didn't really believe it every day. And so they were my, they were my champions that said, of course, this is really needed and you, and no one knows this and you're the one who does and you have to share it and, and you're passing the baton and all the things that I, I knew, but I didn't know at that moment, you know? Yeah, I love that tip. That's great. So your third tip is be discoverable. How do we do that? I find that this is the one that the women in my life, I wish I could just sometimes shake us all and get us to do this more because what I recognize is that so many women leaders, entrepreneurs particularly, have so many great ideas about how their industry should go, about how the world should look, about what needs to be changed. And they have great ideas about what the next steps should be and they don't share them that they're either you know I get it their heads down trying to get their business to grow and that's really important but what I'm trying to say is if you could be discoverable for your ideas people will resonate with those ideas and want your products and services that it isn't just marketing and sales anymore people don't 
really like marketing and sales. You know, they don't want to be sold to, even if they need what you're selling. But instead, if they start to follow you for your ideas and you're actually talking about transformation and growth and sharing best practices, now people are going to want to know more about your products and services. So I tell people, you know, whether it's your LinkedIn profile, making sure you have your your ideas there and you're putting up articles that you've written, uh, whether it be that you have a blog on your website and you're showcasing not just, again, not just about your products and services, but about your ideas, whether you're have a great podcast like you have or whether you have a um uh, I just think there's a hundred different ways, you know, whether you write your book or whether you write a white paper or do an online class or do a video, there's a hundred ways to be discoverable. But even just starting with the LinkedIn page and perhaps getting someone to nominate you for a local award as a woman of influence, that's in many communities nowadays, a YMCA award, whatever it might be. What we want, there's so, so many reasons to do this. You know, first, it's, I think, very good for you and for growing your business. But second, I think it is about role models that other women entrepreneurs who are thinking about entrepreneurship, they need to see the success ones. They need to see those who've battened down the hatches and got it done and those who got over those inner demons and they need to see the possibilities and we are those possibilities for others. Right. Totally agree. I love that. So we always ask our guests as well to give us a book recommendation, a book that they they really love that that you know will make an impact in their business. And what's your book recommendation? Well, I, I confess that I'm going to recommend my own book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Let's be bold about it. I'm going to be discoverable here. You know, I wrote, I wrote this book. It isn't just for women, but it's written for women. Uh, it's called Ready to Be a Thought Leader. And the, the book is uh, seven steps to transform from being a leader to being a thought leader. And it's very practical. It's got lots of resources. It's step by step. It talks about some of the things we've been talking about today. And it is the the key for me to helping more women take that seat at the table. I, I have this big vision that we're going to have more women who are on the op-ed pages and more women on the Saturday morning news, Sunday morning news shows. And I have see more women at every conference. And, and the only way we're going to do that is by claiming our expertise and, and being willing to showcase what we know in the world. And, and most people don't know how to do that. So that's what this book is about. And it's gotten a lot of great reviews. And, and I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it now that it's finished. And I'd love to have more women reading it and understanding what it takes. Absolutely. I, I, own it myself and it's an amazing book so I recommend it to anyone who's who's thinking about taking that path or has ideas that they need to get out in the world so thank you for that um so we always end our our podcast with asking our guests to challenge our community to do something that they can do in their business that will make a difference and what is your challenge for our community today my challenge is to Ask the most successful person in business that you know to have lunch or coffee and share their secrets with you. And they're going to have a few. They, people love to talk about how they got to where they are. So you're actually doing them a favor because they probably, everybody around them is tired of hearing them, that they can come and share their best <laughs> ideas with you. But I think that that is, it's a bold request, but I think it is a reasonable request. And if you can't get them to go to lunch or coffee with you separately, stalk them at a conference that they're going to where they have to show up anyway and say, can I buy you a cup of coffee before you talk? Or can I buy you a lunch 
after your talk and and really sit down with them and and get those ideas and and get them to say what got them to do what they're doing and and what were some crossroads that's i think really valuable learning for all of us i i completely agree so our challenge is to find somebody that we admire and just pick their brain how did you do it tell me your secrets <laughs> Absolutely. I need to know it all. Well, Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, I always love chatting with you. And um, congrats on the book. Congrats on Thought Leadership Labs. And we hope to have you on again. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And congrats on Chic CEO. You guys are doing great things. Thanks, Denise. There are 28 million small businesses in the United States today, and over 40% can't get access to the funds they need to grow. Enter Cabbage. Cabbage has pioneered the first online platform to provide funding to businesses in just minutes. Recently ranked by Forbes as one of the top 50 most promising companies in America, Cabbage instantly reviews a business's real-time data to qualify them for up to $100,000 on the spot. A more flexible solution than banks, Cabbage provides ongoing access to a line of credit so businesses can take as much or as little funding as they need day after day. When businesses have access to working capital they need to grow, they can do some amazing things. And it's exciting to see that there's finally a company working to support these businesses. Head over to chic-ceo.com forward slash cabbage, and that's cabbage with a K, to see how much you can qualify for today. Again, that's chic-ceo.com forward slash cabbage with a K. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Top 3 Podcast. If you're looking to start a business, come on over to chic-ceo.com to get all of the information you need to get moving. If you're looking to grow your existing business, you aren't quite ready for a business coach, but you know you need some higher level business strategy, the Chic Elite program is a perfect fit. So head on over to chic-ceo.com to check out all the resources and for the show notes to today's episode.